Welcome back to the Life's Better podcast, where we talk about how life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. Josh, do you know anything about the Battle of Port Arthur? Mm, no, I don't of, think so. Of course not, of course <laughs> not, because this took place all the way back in 1904 between Russia and Japan, and typically we only remember things that happened to the United States, <laughs> and so you probably did not learn about it or study it in school. So um, what happened was the Japanese and Russian relationships had been pretty tense, mm. and Japan decided decides to launch a surprise attack on uh, several of Russia's naval destroyers mm. with 10 of their own naval destroyers. I've heard of the story before. Okay. So they they have this surprise attack and it it starts off going pretty well until Japan actually collides two of their destroyers together. Mm. Uh, major damage, major confusion. They have to pull back, and now the element of surprise is completely gone, mm. and Russia's feeling pretty good about themselves. Mm. They also know that they have some strategic places like Port Arthur that they need to mine so that uh, other Japanese destroyers don't sneak in and destroy these Navy bases. Mm. And so they send out one of their ships that mine, uh, and as they're mining it, one of the mines actually sweeps back onto the, mi the, the ship itself and blows the ship up. On Russians. Russian wow, okay. ship, yes. Not only does the ship go down, not only do the sailors uh, lose their life, but they also lose the only map that tells them everywhere that they place those mines. No. Scary, right? So Russia decides, well, how about we investigate what's going no. on? They send a ship out. What do you think happens to that ship? That ship definitely blows up. Kaboom. Now, You're kidding. this ends up being completely demoralizing because the day before, even with a surprise attack, they were almost unscathed. Yeah. But the day after, because of their own poor choices, yeah. they are now Shoot. two ships down and have lost 120 lives. Just hurting themselves, both Just sides. Just hurting themselves, yeah. right? So the reason I bring this up is because we can do this same thing in our own lives. Mm. We make choices today that end up blowing our lives up tomorrow. <laughs> okay, yeah. We know it when we buy stuff we don't need with money that we don't have, and then tomorrow we feel that weight of debt. Mm. We decide, you know what, I just want to watch one more episode before we're going to bed, and we stay up late, and the next day we're not nearly as productive because we're exhausted. Mm. We chase a high today, and then tomorrow you blow yourself up because of addiction. You may pursue romance because it just feels so right today, even though there's red flags, this may not be good, this mm. may not be good, and then you experience heartache tomorrow. Mm. So what we're talking about, and we've been talking about for the last few episodes, is how do we avoid laying these mines, these traps for ourselves? And yeah. the key answer is self-leadership. You lead yourself well. And I'm not going to put you on the spot to try to remember all the wonderful choices that you need to make in order Ooh. to lead yourself well. But I'm gonna remind everyone who is listening. Okay. If you've been around for the last couple of months, uh, first of all, we need to make the choice that we're not gonna lie to ourselves, yeah. even when the truth makes us feel bad about ourselves. Yeah. And then last week, or last episode, uh, it was probably my favorite out of this, this study, and it's the whole idea that we're going to choose what we value most yeah. over what we want now. Here's today's choice. And this is a choice really built on the idea that you and I and all the people around us are not actually leading themselves. 
by themselves. Mm. We think we are, and we talk about self-leadership, but none of us actually lead ourselves by ourselves. We're influenced by the people around us. And so because we're influenced by the people around us, we're going to choose the people that we surround ourselves with yeah. very well. Mm. And to illustrate why this is so important, we're going to play a game called Who Was It? Who Was It? Who Was It? And in our little basket here, we've got a list of scenarios of times where we were influenced, some positively, maybe some negatively. Yeah. And we've got to identify who was it that was the biggest influencer in that moment of our lives. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and have you answer first. Here's your question, Josh. Okay. Who was it? That got you to make your biggest fashion mistake. <laughs> I first of all want to hear what your biggest fashion mistake was, yeah. and then who was it that made you do it? So, or influenced this you? Is, this could be any number of things for me. <laughs> uh, I was not much of a of a fashion guy, especially in like middle school and below. Okay, but I'm gonna say like when I actually started to care about uh, like how I looked, yeah. wanted the girls to like me, like all of these types of things. Um, I was influenced by a buddy of mine whose name was Ernie. Uh, he was like the cool guy, yeah. right, in our in our, our school. And uh, somehow... Even with a name like Ernie. Yeah, absolutely. He was the cool absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, wasn't a big school. Uh, <laughs> but like he, he and I were, we got close. And uh, I definitely aspired to be like Ernie in, in a lot of ways. And um, I have very curly, yeah. like thick hair and he had uh that like uh, what was popular then was that like suave like the beaver slick, yeah, swoosh, swoosh kind or of whatever thing. yeah maybe even a little bit over your eye okay, type yeah, thing yeah, yeah. um and i could never ever grow that and so what i started to do was uh i straightened my hair every yes. single morning and uh it looked awful uh was this with like the flat iron? Yes. No flat. Way. I had my own flat iron. Is that right? Uh, yeah, if you can believe it. But Josh, you lived in the wrong decade because <laughs> now, like, the, hey, I'm going to perm my hair yeah, is no cool. Kidding. You would have been like the guy mm -hmm. Ernie. I would have naturally, like, naturally had that curly hair. Yeah. That's a shame. I'm sorry. It's well, okay. Ernie, you're the one that's not cool now. <laughs> Josh is the one that's cool now. Doesn't right. even have to use a perm. Nope, don't have to. And But I don't grow my hair out anymore. <laughs> Uh, all right, Jonathan, so who was it that influenced you to get into your first fight? Oh, my first fight. I'm interested fight. to hear this. Yeah, so this was a guy by the name of Matt. I'm not going to say his last name because, eh, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, he was the guy who was just, like, goading me on. Like, mm. oh, dude, you're going to put up with that? I can't believe he said that. I was oh, like, no, no, I'm not going to put up with that. And, and I just had all this pressure, like, oh, yeah. And, then, yeah, got in my first fight. Mm. But, what, what age was this, like? 35? <laughs> this was two weeks ago. <laughs> Matt, shame on you. No. Uh, this was, I was in high school. I mean, there were some scuffles mm. before that, but this was the first one that it was just like, yeah, we're, we're throwing fists. Yeah. And it was easily avoided had I not been influenced by Matt. Cool. All right, let's see if we've got a positive one here. <laughs> there are a few positive ones in here. Josh. I, I think most of them are actually I positive. I think so. Who was it that guided, here we go, guided and supported you through your most challenging time in life? Mm. So uh, there's a couple of people that, and what I consider the most challenging part of my life uh, might be different if you ask different people in my life. Yeah. Uh, but what I consider my most challenging moment was uh, college and nearly n not making it through like my, my sophomore year. Um, and it took uh, my guidance counselor slash lead professor in my area, uh, Dr. Hernandez, just 
like really pouring into my life, speaking not only like some hard truths that I needed to hear, but also um, giving me encouragement when I really needed it because I was believing lies about myself, mm. like saying, I can't do this, I shouldn't be here, like all of these different things. And she thought, she saw something in me that clearly I didn't see in myself at the time. So That's cool. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Hernandez. Yeah. We appreciate that. All right. Let's see. Next one. Okay, this one's great. Uh, who was it that first coached you in ministry? Yeah, I had a few folks that have influenced me for sure in ministry. I, I would probably say when it came to the, hey, this is now like a career path that you're mm. probably going to be taking. Uh, it was probably Matt Liston. I got some mats in my life. Good not and bad. Not the same I Matt. Got, no, not the same Matt. <laughs> uh, who, you know, he was a senior pastor. I was stepping into that youth role, mm. eventually kind of young adults role. And without a doubt, we had many, you know, sit down, hey, let's, let's figure things out, uh, you know, setting goals. And, uh, you know, there was just lots of, lots of those Very moments cool. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not your dad. You know, Despite he was being... he was probably four. You know, having that that model ahead, mm. of, you know, beforehand. Mm. But then once I was in the trenches, it was yeah, you know, probably Matt. Yeah. All right, Josh, who was it that influenced you toward a college education? Um, Doctor Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I guess my dad, yeah. my mom. Like, uh, yeah, both of them. Ever since I was a kid, like. I don't even think that not going to college was even like on my radar. It was, hey, we're we're saving up to help you. Like yeah. you're a smart kid. Like, yeah. So easily live done. up to your full potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes uh, sense. And not that you can't by not going, but like that was just, I don't know. They they saw that in me and yeah, pushed me to do that. All right. Jonathan, who was it that most influenced you to pursue your spouse? Oh yeah, no, this one's an interesting one. So. I would probably say, this is going to sound a little strange, but probably my brother and sister-in-law. Really? It was a season where I wasn't really sure if I wanted to I think take you talked about this on stage before. The relationship yeah, deeper. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, ah, uh, maybe, maybe we'll date, maybe we won't. We were just kind of hanging out. And they met her, and they're like, what's wrong with you, man? And I was like, <laughs> you're right. She's wonderful. And so yeah. they definitely influenced me to That's awesome. Take, it, take it to the next level. All right, last one here, Josh. Who was it that led you to try smoking a cigarette? Mm, okay. You, ha, first of all, have you have you smoked a cigarette? No, Josh? but uh, cigar? No. Oh. Uh, I will say though. Joint. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, a vape? No. See, I'm just gonna keep yeah, going. Yeah, I've, I've actually never like even there. There were moments that I came close in okay. college, and okay. there was actually a group of. Uh, seniors when I was a fr like that, that that sounds so like awful but like they were actually uh, when I first got to Campbellsville I I joined Campbellsville Baptists like uh, smoking club no uh, <laughs> like a uh, youth ministry like helpers group or whatever because I just wanted I I didn't uh, really like it was kind of a traditional church so I didn't feel like that was where I needed to be but they had a good youth program so I jumped in there uh, and they kind of took me under their wing but they all smoked and so Is like they right? would they would invite me to hang out with them after youth was over like out somewhere and they're like hey we're gonna smoke a while like and they would always offer and I would be like I would be very tempted but then yeah. I was like eh, but that's just never yeah yeah so I would say if there was ever a moment where I was I was close it was because of that, those friends were they were they trying to be cool is that what it was was no, this a habit I, that they I had think, beforehand I think they like to them and and what got me close to trying was like they were like it's just 
a relaxing thing they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. And probably a habit that they picked up early on in life yeah. type thing. I hope they were not influencing the teens they were working with to pick up this I, calming I, habit. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Okay, Because uh, they never did it at the church. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's hopefully obvious by playing this little game that some of our greatest moments in life and maybe some of our deeper regrets have come because of the people that we have surrounded ourselves, the yeah. influence that people have had in our lives. And so what we're going to do is explore, well, how can we if, we, if we don't actually lead ourselves by ourselves, how can we surround ourselves with the, the right folks that will take us to those desired de destinations that we have? And we're really just going to share one idea and then some practical ways to actually live this out. And the whole idea is that we're going to be people who are going to choose individuals to be around who share our values, mm. that have common values that we have. And I know as you hear this, you may be thinking, yeah, well, that's great, Jonathan, but I've got my tight-knit group of friends. If you're talking to a group of middle schoolers, this might be helpful, but you know, I'm, I'm old and I've got my group of friends. So are you saying I have to have new friends now? <laughs> I, I understand that. And at the same Maybe. time- and maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, at the same time, I think you, some of you might be listening and you're thinking, okay, I, I get that and I probably do need to have some folks around me who have shared values, but how do you find them? You know, what, is there an app? Is mm. there like an interview process that I could take people through? No, that's weird. Um, we're not gonna do that. But we do wanna explore one big idea and that really just has to do with gathering, it has to do with borrowing, and it has to do with actually tossing. But before we get into those practical steps, let's just look at some of the normal ways that maybe you found friends in your life in the first place, mm -hmm. and maybe there's actually a better way. Um, so one of the common ways that we find friends is through proximity. Mm -hmm. And this is just one of those random, hey, uh, you didn't <laughs> plan on having a friend, but your neighbor lives right next door to you. Yeah. You struck up a conversation, and because you were literally in close proximity, a friendship was born. Yep. Can you think of people in your life that you are friends with now simply or in the past yeah. because of proximity? Who are some of these? Uh, one of my best friends who was my... Uh, I almost said maid of honor. It's the best man. Yeah. Uh, it, we were, became friends in first grade because we had the we were in the same class and had the same name, and we're still friends today. Okay. Yeah. Now I assume uh, it was one of those things that you like, you know, teased girls and pulled their <laughs> pigtails together, and um, you know, we were both very shy around girls, <laughs> so there was probably not a lot of that, but we definitely bonded over like. Shared interests like Star, but that that's a different topic. yeah. But like yeah, it was we'll talk yeah, about yeah. that one too. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's funny because I don't have a lot of those friends, like those proximity yeah. friends, uh, much anymore. Uh, I I tend to like I don't know. Once I move, I make new ones. You know, if that makes sense. And but. certainly when you're younger, you know, it, it was one of those like, all right the only kid in the neighborhood mm -hmm. is kind of a jerk down the street, <laughs> but he's the only one that will play basketball with me, yeah. so I guess we have to hang out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so Josh already brought up the second way that we oftentimes make friends, and that is through shared interests. They have a hobby that you have, and so it's like, hey, we enjoy skateboarding. Hey, now we're friends. So you've already got at least one buddy. Yeah. Who are some I, other people I mean, that you... A lot of my close friends right now also enjoy board games, which is a shared hobby that we have, so... 
I would say probably within the last probably two years, you've actually built quite a few friendships yeah. based around the common interest of board games, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, which has been cool how that uh, you know branched out and everything. But to the point where you you're actually friends with people in other countries, yeah, yeah. or at least Canada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so so much so that like people that I only knew online until they came and visited, like yeah, we were, yeah. we had a shared interest, which a lot of people here and they're like. That's really odd, but, <laughs> but it like, can happen. We're really close, yeah. Yeah, shared interests. Uh, one of the other ways that we build relationships is actually just through acceptance. I think anytime you're entering, particularly a new space, you're looking for people to connect with. You're looking mm. for somebody who's actually willing to have a conversation with you. You want to belong. You want to fit in. Yeah. And if there's that person there that's allowing you to enter their world, it's like <gasps> a lifeline. Mm. What are some lifeline moments in your life? Um, definitely college and also... Uh, churches like yeah. I think churches are a great example of of people who are looking for community mm -hmm. typically and are, are have those same values rather uh, but really like that will hear you like like Bible studies and small groups are a great way to meet people this way I think yeah. uh, just because naturally you're you're being pushed to share and people are listening and praying and like yeah. all that stuff I remember when I was in middle school going to middle school for the very first time not knowing anyone mm. And some kid named Aaron didn't even know his name. He didn't introduce himself. He just said, "Hey, you want to play?" And I don't remember what he, you know, was playing. Probably basketball. And I was like, "Yes, I do. I need a friend really badly." And you know, like all year long, we were really good friends. Yeah. Uh, maybe not necessarily the best friend and best influence, but because he was accepting of me, I, that's all I needed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with surrounding yourself with friends and, and people that you know because of common interest, because of proximity, or because of acceptance. But if you're going to end up somewhere in life and you have this desired destination, particularly based on your values, there's a better way. And the better way is to actually find people in your life or around you who are actually sharing those same values mm. and partner with them in life. So how do you do that though? How do you actually make this happen? Again, we already said, gather. You make sure that not only are you gathering, but you are borrowing, and then also sometimes you're tossing. So what does the gathering look like? We talked about how oftentimes you find friendships because of proximity, and most of those are unintentional proximity. Mm. You're going to work there in the cubicle next to you. So Bob, uh, you and I are friends now. But there's an intentional proximity that we can all choose to make. So Josh, I'm just, I'm just curious, is there a space that you can maybe go to, you can gather maybe even on a weekly basis with people who might share your <laughs> values and maybe even trying to head in the same direction eternally yeah. every single week. The club, right? Like absolutely, <laughs> like the dancing. And, no, uh, the church is a great bars, place for that. Bars yeah. and uh, clubbing, that's the, yeah, the key yeah. there. No, the church, I absolutely. mean, this is just so obvious for us who are mm. church guys, but may not necessarily be obvious for those who are watching or listening. Um, in your own life, though, how has this been impactful? I mean, even when you went yeah. off to college and you didn't have to go to church anymore, mom mm. and dad weren't making you, but what are some of the influences that you had because of it? So what's really cool is like a lot of my friends that I made in college were people because I went to and visited different churches um, and then found out, hey, we're, we're in the same programs together, or found mm. out, like, this and that, or, uh, like, found out what they want to do with their life, and, like, all of that stuff, and we created, like, these common 
interests and even like goals and encourage each other along the way. On top of that though, what's really cool is like going into college, I had no musical interest or talent at all. And um, like just did those, those experiences and then had people who were in there speak encouragement into my life, hearing me sing once or uh, like seeing, I don't know, like tossing me like an instrument or seeing that I had rhythm, I don't know. Being very encouraging in those areas pushed me to uh, make that a normal rhythm in my life was practicing instruments as well. So yeah, just having having that was a huge positive for my life. Yeah, no, that's incredible. The fact that you didn't have any desire for... Uh, I mean, maybe, but like definitely that lie in my mind was... I can't do I can't, it. I, there's never a chance that I could do something like and that. And now you're leading worship mm -hmm. and could do that almost anywhere. I know you don't think <laughs> that, but you've got some serious skills in that area. That's That's pretty cool. Uh, I know for me, even recently, you know, being a part of Rotary is one of those mm, for me. Yeah. The whole idea of, well, I want to be in the community, influencing leaders in our community, and at the same time being influenced by leaders in the community who want to serve our community. Mm. Uh, it's just too easy to, you know, kind of cloister yourself off and be in a bubble and not actually be serving the people that you're supposed to be serving. And it's been, it's been a positive uh, environment for me, for sure. Very cool. So what do we want to do? We want to actually find those strategic places that you can go and gather so that you can surround yourself with those who have the same values that you do. Uh, second, it's important to borrow. And here's where we're going when it comes to the whole borrowing idea. In any season of life, there is a learning curve. Like any new season of life, there's going to be a learning curve. Yeah. When you were younger uh, and weren't really thinking about dating, it wasn't a big deal to you know not have to learn about dating. But as soon as you moved into that new season of life of like, hey, I want to date and I want to date well, well, you need to kind of figure out, well, how do I do this well? And then maybe in the next season when you're married, it's like, okay, this there's a new set of skills here that I didn't have. How do I be this great husband or wife? Uh, and then when you start having kids, it's like, okay, a completely new set of skills. Where do I, where am I going to learn this from? And maybe it's not even in relationships, maybe it's in a job and you've gotten promoted and it's like, okay, yeah. there's another set of skills. Here's what you need to do. You need to borrow someone's roadmap who have, who's already done what you want to do, yeah. who's already arrived at the destination that you want to arrive at and you borrow their roadmap. Mm. Now, what does it look like to borrow someone's roadmap? I think it can uh, take place in a couple of ways. And they're really easy. Uh, the first one is, first of all, you need to identify, okay, what are my values? What is the direction that I'm wanting to go? Oh, they've already arrived there. I'm going to go ahead and just ask that person out for lunch. Mm. And I'm just going to say, I'm paying because I've got five questions that I've got for you. And you bring your paper and you bring your pen and you enjoy your quesadillas and you just steal their roadmap. How did you do this? What was challenging about that? How can I overcome this? And you just write it all down. Guess what? Now you've got your roadmap for this new season of your life. Yeah. And then another way is some people you'll never actually meet face to face, but they're actively sharing their roadmap. Mm. They're writing books. They're creating podcasts. They're creating courses. And all you have to do is be a part of their course. And it's like, wow, thank you for that roadmap. Who are some people that you've stolen roadmaps from? Uh, definitely Justin Ross, mm. uh, who's the head of Sparrow Missions. Uh, just a person that um, I've, I discovered earlier on uh, in my high school age that like ministry was something that I definitely wanted to do. Um, ministry was like it became 
more and more uh, a core like belief that I needed to throw myself into, uh, if that makes sense. Like I, I, I had gotten saved, the process of being getting saved um, and feeling God's love, I felt like, I, I don't know, I, just deeper and deeper I needed to at least discover like more about. Um, not necessarily that I was going to do that for a career, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and he was a person who I had just seen in the last like few years at that time move to Honduras, leave behind everything at, because he saw people hurting and wanted to go help. And uh, it like just going there more, like I think I, in, in the span of like four or five years, I went on like eight mission trips to Honduras because I just wanted to be there and see him and see his wife and see the people there doing what they were doing and just learn from them. Um, and not only that, like I got to be a, like a, an active participant, but really a lot of that was me just wanting to to see it and to, to uh, watch carefully. Um, and then on top of that, another person who uh, modeled this well, and I've, I've definitely stolen their map and had those lunches with, uh, is Brad Gross, who was uh, my small group leader when I was in high school. Um, and remembering the impact he had on me and the discipleship that he did with me, like how big of an impact that had mm -hmm. on my life. Like I'm like, if I want to do that well with my students, I got to learn from this guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm those glad you've got those folks in your life, and I'm sure there's probably a bunch of people you've never even met, but you're still stealing their roadmaps too. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> me as well. All right, third. Third is sometimes we need to toss, and mm. you probably already know where this was going, but sometimes we're in relationship with people who are definitely heading in a different direction than us because they don't actually share our values. Yeah. And when it comes to leading ourselves well, it really is all about values. That's what's driving people to end up where, they're, where they end up. And if you find yourself heading in a more positive direction than some other folks, sometimes you need to pull back from that relationship. Have you ever had to do that? Yes. Um, I don't want to get too much into specifics, <laughs> uh, but there have definitely been, and, and I think that there's a healthy way and a non-healthy way to do this. Because sure. um, I have seen people who are like, I've, I've, I've thrown off all of these friends. I told them to get lost because <laughs> I'm a Christian now and they're a bad influence. Yeah. And I'm like, you probably did not do that in a healthy way for them if they're ever going to eventually. Uh, but I definitely think if you have those close friends, and especially if you're older and you're like, I can't get out of the, like at, at this point, I'm locked in yeah. with these friendships. I think that creating healthy boundaries is where you need to probably start. And it's some, definitely something that I've had to do, where I've noticed the influence certain people have in my life that are not healthy. And I've just said, you know what, I need to limit my time, yeah. if that makes sense. And, uh, or I need to make sure that I am trying to influence them in a healthy way rather than the opposite, you know? Right. And I'm, I'm calling out the moments that I'm noticing things that are not good and the conversations that we're having are not good. Like I'm, I'm establishing that. That's Here's, not my mm -hmm. Here's my value. Here's my value. This is what I'm going to do based on my value. Yeah. So if you're okay with that, great. If you're not, you know, sorry. And, and I have a lot of, the sound, this is going to sound like I'm patting myself on the back. I have a lot of friends, but I don't have a lot of close friends. Um, and the way I differentiate them is that there are only a very few select people that I will share very intimate, very, um, like even my issues, like the things that I'm, I'm struggling with or the things that I need counsel on, yeah. like making sure that those people are those healthy 
like groups that you're surrounding yourself with. And like, it's okay to have the op the out outward ones. I have plenty of those, but making sure you have healthy boundaries. Um, Cause I'm really bad at the, sorry, see you to everything. Uh, but I, and Meaning I it's, easy, be, it's easier for you just to be like, Hey, we're, I'm, I'm ghosting you. We're cutting things <laughs> off. I'm going to do my life. You do your type of thing. I, I get like, I, I don't know. I, I think it would be harder for me to just say, Hey, you're a bad influence. Like I'm, yes, I'm leaving yes, you yes, okay. out of this. But like, uh, you know, I think it's definitely key to establish those boundaries. Uh, and I've had to do that, and it's not easy. No, but. It, and it isn't. I think the, the only times where it does become easier is when it naturally, there's a separation that begins yeah. to take place. Mm -hmm. Because they're sensing, I'm heading this direction, and you're sensing you're heading this direction, mm -hmm. and they're different. And it's just like, well, that season of our friendship is over, and yeah. that's okay, you know? That's the only time I think it's ever really easy. <laughs> well, with that, uh, we just want to encourage you. Understand that leading yourself well is critical when it comes mm -hmm. to arriving at the desired destinations. And so how do we do that? Well, in today's episode, we want to remind you again that you don't lead yourself by yourself. So surround yourself with the right people, the people that share your values. Until next time, don't forget that life is so much better with God, community, and purpose.